Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dial the Gate. I'm Gary Jones. You might know me as uh, the Chevron guy or Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman. Uh, essentially, my job was so important that if I didn't open and close the gate, you would have never seen Richard and Dean Anderson come back down the ramp. So what can I say? Uh, and, and I guess part of what I'm doing here is I'm allowing fans to come into your world the way that uh, the show allowed uh, the SG-1 team to come into yours. So uh, I'm speaking today to Paul Fowler and yes. his daughter, Kirsten. Kirsten and Paul, how are you? Wonderful. I mean, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah. to see you. Great to see you too. Paul, you look like you're, what room are you in? You're just in a... Oh, I... Uh... <laughs> blank background. I just uh, painted these walls. So I want to show them off. <laughs> I figured instead of a mess behind me, but. All right. Okay, good. And, and, uh, and Kirsten, where, where, where are you? You guys are in different cities? Yeah, yeah. I live in Jersey City, right across the river from Manhattan. And I'm in my living room. Very exciting. <laughs> Great. Across the river from Manhattan. That yeah. would be, that's your reference point. As soon as you say Manhattan, because I'm I can actually say I'm on the other side of the country to Manhattan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in Vancouver. It's, I'm 3,000 miles away from Manhattan. But as long as I say Manhattan, <laughs> I just sound like very uptown. Uh, and where are you, Paul? Um, right across the river from Philadelphia. Ah. So close, but not too close. Okay, cool. And Good hour and a half drive up to her. Yeah? Oh, that's, not that, that's not that far. <laughs> nah. That's not that far. I mean, it'd be quicker if you if we did have a Stargate. I mean, how many times have you wished in your life that you had a Stargate? How many? I can't count. I just yeah. can't count. Or rings, even rings. I'll take that. Yeah. This yeah. is a lame answer. Every single time I jump in a pool, because the pool is the closest I can get to what it might feel like to go through a Stargate. <laughs> right, right. I see the waves and everything. So every time I jump in, I think of the Stargate. <laughs> The kawoosh, the kawoosh. Every time you jump in, you create your own kawoosh. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so we we talked in Chicago a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yes. And uh, and you know, you've mentioned about how kind of uh, the the show sort of brought you and your your daughters together, and you kind of bonded over the show. Tell me a little bit about that. Kirsten, you want to go first? Oh, um, well, that's pretty easy. From my perspective, I was just a little girl who wanted to hang out with her daddy. <laughs> yeah. And I was wanted to watch what he watched just to, you know, be there with him. But what is so wonderful about Stargate, besides the fact that it's family friendly and it touches on all these social issues, is like, even as a child, like, I loved it. And I loved watching it. And then it just kind of so happened, like, as the years went on and I got older, like, I was still coming down, like, okay, is it Stargate time? <laughs> Yeah, it was great memories. You know, she, I would be, it's Friday night, Stargate night, 
you know, new episodes are coming out. We got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember like the old couches too, like throughout the years that we would sit on when we watched. <laughs> oh like, yeah, the green one. <laughs> yes. Do you remember that green couch, Paul? Oh, I do. That was that was a bad couch. <laughs> good enough though to watch TV. Yes. <laughs> it's a good thing the show was never, you know, titled Star Couch. You know, that, <laughs> that, that you know, the, the leads would just sit in a couch and just kind of travel through time on a couch. You know, they wouldn't really do much. It's good that yeah. it was like, like Stargate. I think it was a little anticlimactic. They just like sit down like a couch potato and then boom in a different universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They might pull things out of cushions and stuff. Oh, here, I got a Zach gun. I have this. <laughs> oh, that'd be smart. They could surprise them. Like, <laughs> oh my God. See, that's where you need a show like Time Couch. And, uh, and uh, you have just a guy who's just like a couch potato, doesn't do anything, but it does this magic couch that just travels through time. And like you say, he just reaches behind the cushions and whatever he needs to help save the day, it's fallen behind the cushions. <laughs> Wouldn't you watch a show like that? You'd watch a show like that, right? Star K, yeah. you know, like not Star K, uh, time, time Couch. Time Couch. I'd watch that show. It's original. <laughs> And of course, you would have to be in charge of the time machine, you know, date locked in, time locked in. Yeah. And or I'd be, I, I'd be the, like, my character would be the upholsterer, you know, <laughs> like, I'd be, you know, the equivalent to the technician on the show. I'd be the upholsterer. So whenever he came back and, you know, whatever adventures he went through, I'd be like, oh, my God, what did you do to these cushions? What the hell did you, what happened? I've got to get this on the sewing machine and fix up these cushions so I that was that's what I would be and of course like like I started out on uh, on Stargate having no name uh I would just be the upholsterer you know <laughs> trying to picture the Stargate characters like on the couch and who's sitting next to who I can only imagine like the antics that would happen because yeah. there's no O'Neill would not completely lay out on the couch and take up the whole thing with his head back. Oh, exactly. You'd really get to you'd really get to see the different statuses by like who sat where and how much space they took up. And uh, and uh, you know if I was if I was in the script as the upholsterer, uh, I know the fans would just like they'd find a way to just call me the cushion guy or something <laughs> like that, like like they did with the chevron guy. They'd be like, oh, you're the cushion guy. <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't have a name yet i won't have a name for 10 years yeah well That's your name will give in to you by another character you know either hammond or you know uh, yeah. richard dean anderson the one episode he's like walter <laughs> yeah i know walter and i remember being in the scene and just looking at him and going who's he talking to i and i and i you know because it was richard dean i was like he's the lead when he said that i thought oh my god did i not did I miss that in the script? Because I was reading my lines and I would look for, you know, I would read his lines, but not really concentrate on his lines. I would be more, you know, looking for my listening for my cue line. But I thought, did I actually miss being called Walter? And 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 I think because it took place in um, the episode 2010, uh, uh, and it was in the future. I thought, well, maybe, maybe my character's name, it, it's a, just a different name or I'm not the same guy. I couldn't figure it out until after the scene was shot. And then they came over to Richard and said, and said, by the way, uh, he said, Rick, uh, you know, 
no, Gary's name is not Walter. And he goes, well, it is now. Because basically that was him <laughs> saying, that was him saying, we're not reshooting that. You know, <laughs> it was like, I called him Walter and his, that's his name now. So, so people figure it out, you know, and then slowly but surely I see, I, after, after that episode, I just saw my name. Like I went from Norman Davis to suddenly I was Norman Walter Davis, like in the script. And I was like, oh my God, the power of the, you know, the power of the, 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 the star of the show. He's like, yeah, that's who he is now. <laughs> and then, You're Walter now. Yeah. And then I think, and then I think after that, they were like, okay, well, he can't be Norman Walter Davis. It's like three names. And, um, and they, uh, and they got rid of, uh, they got rid of Norman. So then I was Walter Davis. And then shortly after that, that's when Don Davis got, it was like, <laughs> there was another Davis, like a major Davis in the show too. I said to Brad once, I said, do you have a Davis key on your keyboard where you're <laughs> writing scripts and you can't come up with a name, you just hit the Davis key and it just like automatically uh, assigns the name Davis to a character. And he's like, yeah, I think I do. Um, but Don Davis was the one who um, uh, was asking me to open the iris and he said, open the iris, Harriman. And it was, and, but he was saying airman like because I was in the Air Force and it was written and it was the first time that it was actually written in the script, Airman, you know, that he was calling the Airman, like, you know, you're an Air Force guy. But because of Don's mangled Missouri accent, you know, over the hours, Airman. <laughs> and that's, and he just said that, he said it like that every time. And I was like, okay. and, and I knew it was Airman in the script. So it didn't make any, you know, it didn't mean anything to me. I was like, yeah, okay opening and then they and then after we shot the scene i heard them talking the script supervisor talking to the director because i can't remember who who was which episode it was and they were like what did don say <laughs> like like, like that's a strong don's accent what they were like what did don just say and it's like opening hours airman. yeah but it didn't sound like airman it sounded like it sounded like harriman harriman and they were like, okay, well then his name's Harriman. Like that's literally how it happened. Slap it on, that's the name. <laughs> and so and so Don was the one who inadvertently named me Harriman. And then the, finally they went, okay, well then he's not he's no longer Walt Norman Davis, he's Walter Harriman. <laughs> and I just like skipped into I just moved into another complete set of names. I mean, at least I was on TV. Something similar to that happened to me in real life where oddly enough, I have, who's now a very like close friend. Um, I met this very eccentric fellow who I introduced myself. I go, hi, I'm Kirsten. He goes, nice to meet you, Jasmine. And then just continued to call me Jasmine every time we hung out. He just decided that was my name. And I would correct him and he would be like, sounds good, Jasmine. And to this day, we still talk about it because he finally gave it up. It took like a year. I was Jasmine for a year. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's just a really funny guy. I don't know why he did it. I asked him and he just said, because I felt like it. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's pretty funny.
So I know what it's like to be given a name involuntarily, but only well, for me, for me, it just meant it just meant that I that I was further, you know, embedded in the show, you know, because they're not going to mess around and change names and keep me there. And and I I swear it's the it's probably the only time in a show over the course of ten years that the same character has had a complete name change. You know, I can't think of any other shows that I know of where where they did that. I mean, sometimes they've 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 kept the character's name and switched the actor. You know, that's happened over the in various shows. Right. But not kept the actor and switched the names. That's just wild to me. What um, so 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 you guys used to get together and bond over Stargate. What what are some of your your favorite episodes that you remember kind of hanging out and enjoying what we're what ones what what episodes jumped to mind uh, a bunch to be honest with you um of course uh children of the gods i finally got her involved in that now not the showtime version the director's cut right um but uh lost city was a good one she came down we saw lost city together um that's when everything was exciting atlantis was starting yeah you know, the stargate universe um or franchise was getting better um Window of Opportunity, of course. I mean, that's just hilarious. That was so funny. <laughs> it gets me every single time. <laughs> great, great. That's wonderful. Um, uh, my favorite would be would be um, uh, uh, Heroes Part One and Two because that's when I got to do that. Be interviewed by Saul Rubinek and and say, you know, I open and close the gate. That's pretty much my job. I mean, that was. That was Rob Cooper, the producer and writer, just making fun of my character. And that's all I did. You know, that's really all I did. I looked like I did more, but but I opened and closed the gate. So, yeah. And that was really, really fun to shoot, you know, because it was funny dialogue and it was it was just a blast. But listen, speaking of window opportunity, um, I'm just going to wrap it up now and uh and thank both of you for joining me today. It's been really great talking to you. And actually, you know, I love the fact that that even, you know, forget just being in person, that we were actually able to do it again in Zoom. Um, so so in whatever iteration it's shown up in, we've managed to pull it off. So so Paul and uh, Jasmine, thank you so much <laughs> for, um, for joining me. <laughs> No, thank you so much for this window of opportunity. It really was so wonderful. And it shows how like tight-knit the uh, Stargate fan community really is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does. Thanks. It does. Hey, Kirsten, uh, this is kind of cool because you've actually gone that extra mile and dressed up as a, as a Stargate character. Can you tell us a little bit about the character and something about the costume? Of course. Well, first, I thought everyone might be surprised that Adria was still alive, seemingly. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but no, the costume was really fun to make. I had a friend, Kelsey, who does some tailoring. And she's more into like the Renaissance theme, which is why I think you see some of that patterning here. But uh, the hardest part to make, absolutely, I have to stand for this, is these sleeves. And I know Adria had, had like the, like, um yellow in the middle, but we just like, could not get that to seem right. So we did this and the orange dress and I had this beautiful necklace, it's gone now. But I picked Adria because she's such a strong character. And even though she's the bad guy, 
she has that like female power about her of being so, I don't know, her leadership and the way she looks at things was very different than mine. And I'm always somebody who loves the good guy or like say like the Knox, for example. And it was just fun to try to be a villain for once and to dress up as someone who just as her personality kind of looked up to because right. she have some conflict with the aura and her mother and everything going on. And even though she chose the wrong path, I think she had the potential to have chosen another path if maybe she was led in a different direction. And I think villains don't, don't usually think of themselves as villains. So rather than refer to us as a, her as a villain, why don't we just uh, call her a badass? <laughs> yeah, that's actually right? how I felt when I watched her. She was a badass. She's a badass. And you can have a badass hero or a badass villain. And I think badass just about covers it. Yeah, I think you're right. And even though <laughs> it was conquering of the universe, it felt very cool to be someone different and to come to Stargate Con dressed up as someone who wants to conquer the universe Great. with my little sister as the Knox who just wants peace and to be left alone. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much for going the extra mile and, uh, and getting a costume made and showing up and telling us all about it. That's, okay. br that's brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. I You're welcome. <laughs> Talk to you later, you badass. Oh, thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching this episode. Hey, do you want to share your Stargate story on air with me? Email the show at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. That's dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Tell us a little bit about how Stargate has helped you grow as a person or affected your life in a positive way. And uh, I'll be recording more fan interviews in 2021. And you might be next. See you next time. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots. With contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. <laughs>